This morning we have a guest speaker with us. His name is David Kruger. He is a member of the Gideons, which is pretty popular here in this community. He's going to be giving us uh, a, a word this morning. Uh, David is a farmer. He's been a lifelong resident of this community and is, uh, currently attends Living Word Lutheran Church with Pastor Kent Grothy. Uh, he's been a Gideon since 1993, so for 23 years he's been a Gideon. And this is the first time he's speaking in this particular church building. So we'd like to welcome David Kruger and hear what God has to say through him this morning. Thank you this morning, and uh, as he said, this is the first time I've been in this building. It's been a number of years that I spoke. When you guys were still in LeBolt, I think I spoke a couple times. But uh, just over the years, it hasn't worked out for me to get back. So I'm happy to be back and happy to share with you. And uh, I just thank you for allowing me to come, allowing me to take pastor's time and uh, share a little bit about the Gideons. And uh, as I told pastor this morning, I uh, woke up this morning and kind of decided, or God put on my heart that I needed to change my message a little bit and make it a little bit more personal, maybe about what the Gideons have done for me. And so I'm going to tie that in a little bit. So I'm not quite sure how long I'm going to go. He told me I had 20 to 25 minutes, but I'll try to get you out of here by noon. <laughs> so, but I, I don't think I'll be too long, but we'll see how it goes. So, uh, so let's open with a word of prayer. Lord, I just uh, come to you this morning. Lord, I thank you for this congregation. I thank you for their openness to allow me to come and share this morning. And Lord, I just pray that the words I may speak today may come from you. Lord, I just pray, pray that they would be a blessing to each one that hears, and that they would serve the purpose that you want it to serve. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So every time your heart beats, Gideons around the world have given out two Bibles. Two Bibles every time your heart beats. That's how, how many Bibles are going out. And every time that a Bible is given out, the Gideon's sole purpose is to help men and women, boys and girls, know about Jesus. As Pastor shared with you, I joined the Gideons about in 1993, I believe. And I have to be honest with you. When I joined, I was 23 years old, and I was a little skeptical of the Gideons. And my reason for being skeptical was growing up, you, you saw all these different denominations, and the Gideons is a non-denominational organization. You saw all these different denominations, and everyone has a little different thought on one thing or the other, and it kind of seems like there's... Uh, competition or, uh, or uh, you know, you can't quite agree on things. And, and I kind of thought, well, how can a group of men come together and serve one purpose when it's from all these different churches? So that was kind of, I kind of, I joined, but I, I was a little skeptical. And so over the years, the first few years as I was a member, I just, watching, I learned. And what I learned was Gideon's focused on what I'm going to call the four core beliefs. And they're on the screen. The first core belief is that God is the creator of all things. And I just picked a few verses to go along with some of these core beliefs. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The second core belief is because of our sin, we are separated from God. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The fourth core belief, that Jesus is God and man. The Apostle Paul shared in, the test, in this testimony in John 1, 1 and 2, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Jesus said in John ten thirty, 
I and the Father am one. And the fourth core belief was that eternal life is a free gift. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So as I was in the Gideons this first few years, I realized that's the core beliefs. That's what the, the Gideons, that's what we, uh, what they focused on. And I believe that's what your congregation believes too, those core beliefs. And it was really interesting because I, when I first kind of put this message together, uh, I had written it, and the following week, Pastor Kent Grothy from our church started a Sunday school with this core beliefs of and Christian or core and competitive beliefs, Christian beliefs, and he had this put this diagram up, and I thought, wow, that's just what I was talking about. So I asked if I could use his diagram. So this is his diagram. And the circle is the core beliefs. And as you can see, the core beliefs are basically the same as what I just shared with the Gideons. And the outer beliefs are the competitive beliefs, which as Gideons, we don't really go into those. We just want people to know Jesus. And when they know Jesus, they can open God's word and we let them decide what their beliefs are and the competitive beliefs, which church they want to go to. So I just found it really interesting how that all fell right in place. Things don't always happen for a reason. God has a, has a purpose in some of it. So now when I joined the Gideons, I think I had a pretty good head knowledge of these four core beliefs. But it takes more than head knowledge. It takes heart knowledge. Through this ministry and other people that God put in my life, my knowledge began to grow and continues to grow to this day. As I see the, God's love and grace, and as I see... People come to know Jesus just through the reading of his word. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if we, if we declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it was with the heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Also in uh, 1 Peter uh, 3, 15 and 16, it says, but, if, but in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. So have you ever met a Christian who is prepared to correct everyone? but they didn't do it with gentleness and respect. One of the things that I've come to realize through this ministry is that it's not my job. It's my job to answer those around me who ask about Christ, but it's the Holy Spirit's job to win their hearts. You know, as Gideons, we don't change people. God's word is what changes people. We're just in the business of giving out God's word, but God is the one that changes the hearts. This takes the pressure, this, takes, uh, this keeps me from taking on the pressure of being right and to win an argument. We can win a battle and lose the war up for someone's soul. Sometimes the greatest statement is how we endure ridicule and slander. Remember Jesus, who when he was slandered, didn't retaliate. Sometimes it's our suffering that becomes our greatest witness. So let's go back to the uh, core belief, or the Gideon's sole purpose. Go to the next slide. 
the Gideon's uh, purpose of helping men, women, boys, and girls know Jesus. There's two ways we do this. The one way that you're probably very familiar with is just through the distribution of God's word. We put Bibles in hotels, motels, uh, fifth grade students, uh, doctor's offices, numerous places. And I'm sure you're very familiar with that. God reveals himself to people through his word. Hebrews 4.10 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerns the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Our goal as Gideons is to place a Bible in different places than the, in the places where a lot of people will come in contact of it, with it. Uh, go to the next slide. Most of you are familiar with John Wold, uh, and he maybe has even given the presentation of his trip to the Philippines. And I just had a few slides in. When, when he was in the Philippines giving to the fifth grade class there, they were very open. Just He could go in and he could share uh, Bibles, and then he could talk and share the plan of salvation with these kids and tell them that Jesus loved them. And uh, you can go to the next slide, just another couple pictures of it. While they were there, they gave out 1,539 testaments. Uh, the schools were very open to the Gideons there, and he went from 23 to 25 classes per day, sharing the plan of salvation and praying with the kids. We uh, recently, just a week and a half ago, had a distribution in Melbank. Uh, we're thankful we were able to get in there again with COVID and everything. It had been a couple of years since we'd been able to get in there, but uh, we weren't able to go in, but we were able to uh, be on the sidewalk outside the school, and the school administration was very helpful. They guided us, or they released kids and told them to come out to us. So we still had the opportunity to give, which we we're very thankful to have that opportunity without being able to go into the classroom. At least we could still get them a copy of God's Word. So today, the second way that we accomplish our purpose is what I'd like to focus on a little bit more, and it's through personal witness. I go back to our core beliefs because as, as Gideons, I told you that's the core of what we focus on. So I'd like to just kind of share with you a little bit of how we do that. And, you know, there's numerous ways to share your faith. But uh, as Gideons, we've had some training, different training, and, and I'd like to share a little bit how, how we've been trained to do that. And the first thing is we have our core beliefs and we, we ask what I'm going to call qualifying questions. So we ask questions like, do you have any spiritual beliefs? Ask somebody that. And then we might ask something like, uh, do you believe heaven and hell? Who is Jesus to you? And if you were to die today, do you know if you would go to heaven or hell? And we just ask the question, and we don't just listen. Just see where they're at, see if God is working in their life. And, you know, one of the benefits things I've gained in being in this ministry is I have been able to rub shoulders with people that are tr really good at sharing their faith and witnessing. Uh, Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron, sharp, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. And through this ministry, I've got to rub shoulders with people that can share their faith really well. Uh, there was a guy by the name of Bob who I had the opportunity to meet three, four years ago. Bob was from San Diego, California. And this guy, he had retired, recently retired, found out he had more time on his hands than he knew what to do with, so he decided to go to work full-time for God. Bob would take a 
little pouch that he could put on his waist, fill it with 25 little New Testaments, and five days a week he went out and gave out 25 Testaments. Some days it'd take him two hours, sometimes it'd take him all day. Bob would go to coffee shops, uh, convenience stores, uh, fast food places, sit down in the booth and pray, God, who do you want me to give the next Bible to? And he would just watch people. And as maybe a, a mother, he shared, like a mother with a couple kids came in and one of the kids spilled something, he would go and help that mother uh, clean up the mess or help with something. And, and he would, in that conversation, he would give them a Bible. And just, the guy just, he just shared it. I mean, it's just amazing, over and over and over, every Bible. He says, you know, at first it was hard, he says, but he says he kept practicing. Everyone kept getting easier and easier. The more you did it, the easier it got. God's in, God was in control, he said, you know. God was leading him to where to go. One, one that I specifically remember, Bob was coming back from a, uh, from a Gideon meeting one night, and he had kept one Bible of those 25 that day because he wanted to have one to go to that meeting because the Gideons sent him all over training people how to be better witnesses. But he was on his way home that night. About an hour from his house, he stopped at this coffee shop, and when he got out of the car, he remembered, oh, I got that little Bible in my pocket yet. So he, before he went in, he said, Lord, if there's someone in here who you want me to give this Bible to, uh, please let me know who that is. I was supposed to have a Bible in my hand, a little testament, but I don't have it. But just imagine that I've got my testament in my hand. So he walked into the coffee shop, walked up to the counter, and with the Bible in his hand, he, he held his hand on the counter, started looking at the, the menu of what to order, and he kind of made his decision. He looked at the waitress behind the counter, and she was staring at that Bible. And she didn't say a word. And pretty soon he said he saw a tear started to come down her face even. He said, ma'am, are you all right? She says, well, she says, about a couple hours ago there was a lady in here that asked me how I was doing and if I was all right. And I shared with her that I had just went through a divorce and I was struggling with envy and anger. And she wrote down two verses on a piece of paper that I was supposed to look up in the Bible. But I don't have a Bible. And I asked my supervisor, if she had a Bible or knew where I could get a Bible, and she says, well, I don't, don't know, but we can see if we can find you one. She says, she says, is that a Bible? He says, yes, it is, and it's for you. He gave her the Bible, and they opened up the front cover of the New Testament, and it has helps in the front of all our Gideon New Testaments. They looked up the, the word envy and anger. It was the same verses in the Bible as were on her paper that the lady had written down. He also encouraged her to uh, read the back cover at some point, which is the plan of salvation. He ordered his coffee, and he, and he went on his way. Six weeks later, he was in that same area, and he stopped in that coffee shop. And he uh, went up to the counter, and he was happy to see it was that same lady. And he walked up, and he says, Oh, do you remember me? And she looked at him, and, No, should I? He pulled out a testament out of his out of his pocket and he put the test and she got a big smile on her face yeah you're the one that gave me that bible she said i went home and i read that entire bible and then she says i wanted to get the whole story so i went out and i bought a full bible and i've read the whole bible and she says last thursday i prayed and asked jesus to come into my life so bob visited a little bit more with her and he uh, actually helped her find a church, a local Bible-believing church in, her, in his, the area where she lived, and 
We just praise God for Bob's, uh, Bob's uh, willingness to listen to God and to place God's word in the hands of people who want them. And through people like that, I have learned as far more about sharing my faith by seeing other people do it. Okay, at this time I've got a short video. I lost my home, lost my job, and ended up on the streets. I found it a suitable place for me to hang myself. We found our son had taken his own life on our property. Just as the distribution was ended, someone placed a testament in my outstretched hand. That one testament had a great impact on our lives and our family. This is an opportunity for me to have a new testament. As I began to read the book of Revelations, I could see how much God loved me. It was like for the first time in my life that, that I really felt acceptance. I'm fixing up this drug, and I see the Gideon's Bible over there. But there was, there was a force compelling me to pick this up. You know, he says he'd take away all the weights and burdens that you have. They were gone. It has given me hope for daily living in the worst circumstances of my life. Then I knew that there was someone who loved me. All I said was, yes, Lord. And, and it was like a, I was born a kitten right there. So have you ever had recognized any of those signs, people in your neighborhood, neighbors, friends, people you know that are holding up those signs? I'd like you to think a little bit more about people who are possibly uh, not physically holding up them signs, but in your conversations are asking you questions that are, that are actually holding up that sign, wanting to know who is going to save them. You know, as Gideon's there's three type of responses we get when we, when we ask them some of these core belief questions. The first person, everything is going good in their life. Uh, you know, everything is great. They're having a good time. They really don't have a lot of interest in spiritual things. The second one will say that they believe in heaven, but they believe that they're a pretty good person and they, they think that they're saved by their works. This kind of response often leads us to the question, well, how good is good enough? If God's working in that person's life, and if they're open to it, that's when we open the word of God to Scripture to, to start letting them read. The third person is struggling with things, struggling with something in their life, with illness, with uh, something you know that they're struggling with, and they're seeking purpose, and they're open to discussing God's word. 
Now, we're not all evangelists. We can't all go door to door knocking on everybody's door and, and sharing Jesus. But each and every one of us, God puts people in our lives that he wants us to share with. And we just have to be aware of that and think about that. And through the Gideons, I've become more and more aware of that. And just, just uh, recently, within the last year and a half, I had an opportunity to do just that. I, was, uh, I had one of my seed agronomists come and stop by my place. And it was kind of a rainy day. They were uh, picking up some seed I was returning, I believe. Anyway, he came in my shed, and, and I just got this sense this guy is asking me questions and kind of... He was asking questions that he normally wouldn't ask, and that's when you kind of start to get nervous, you know, and God's telling you you better say something, you know, and I went over and leaned on my red toolbox, and I said, okay, God, if this is what you want me to do. <laughs> so I said, so what kind of spiritual beliefs do you have? And this guy's face just got a big smile, and he says, well, it's funny you should ask. He says, I've been thinking a lot about that lately, and he started to talk. I mean, he shared his thoughts that, well, I think there is a God, but I don't think it's an all-knowing God. And I think that, uh, you know, the way things are all made, that our bodies are so complex, he says, it couldn't have just happened, you know. And I mean, he, he talked for 20 minutes, and I just sat and listened. And, and God kind of calmed me down then when he started talking. I just kind of, God took over. So I just sat and listened. He shared for 20 minutes all his thoughts about spiritual things. And this whole time while he's talking, I, I was praying, okay, Lord, what do you want me to ask next? So I asked next, uh, you know, if he believed there was a heaven and a hell. Well, yeah, I think there has to be more to this life than, than just this. And the next thing I asked was, who was Jesus to him? And he says, well, he was a good person, you know, and he, you know, he didn't know who Jesus was. And uh, so the last question I asked him, I said, well, if if uh, you were to die today, do you know if you'd go to heaven or hell? And his, his response was, well, no, that's why I still wear my seatbelt. And so then I asked him, I said, well, if I could show you, if I, could, if I could show you what was true, would you want me to do that? Well, yeah. So I went and got my Bible. I didn't have it in the shop there, so I went and grabbed my Bible. And we have verses that we you know, planned verses that we turn to. We turn to Romans 3.23 first, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so I started to open it up and told him, and we let them read it. That's one of the keys when we witness, we always let the person read it. So I turned and started opening up and said, we're going to look at Romans 3.23, and he quoted it. And so then we asked, well, what does that mean to you? Well, and he says, well, it says that if you sin, you die. You know, that you're going to go to hell. But I don't believe that. You know, he says, and he says well, I, don't, I haven't sinned. I don't sin. You know, if you are sin, that's bad. But I'm not really, I don't sin. I don't sin you know, and, and so the whole time I'm praying, ask God, okay, where do you want me to go next? Because <laughs> we kind of have a set things that we go through, but he just threw a wrench in it now because <laughs> because he didn't, he gave me the right answer, but he didn't believe that. So I found some other verses, and every verse I'd turn to, he could quote it. He didn't quote all of them. I think when he went to seven verses, and five of the seven he quoted, and he had an answer for everything I turned to. 
I mean, he had an answer why he didn't believe it. And this went on for a, a, quite a while. He was very open talking, you know, and I just kept listening and, and turning to another page because we feel that when, when we get the okay to share the gospel, our, we're, we're in the business of turning pages. God, God does the changing. After a certain amount of time, I just kind of come to the realization when I ran out of verses to show him that God wasn't going to, wasn't going to change his heart today, you know. And uh, so at that point, I decided it was time to let him go. He had been there three and a half hours. We had been, we had been talking about this stuff. I kind of decided it was time to let him go. So we kind of ended our conversation. I told him I would pray for him, that God would reveal himself to him. And, and uh, he went, on his, or was, went to his pickup to leave. And that's when I found out that God was teaching me that, me that day. He started driving out the driveway and he stopped and he backed up to me and he rolled down the window and he says, I just want to tell you one thing. I'd like to thank you for visiting with me today. He says, I visited with a lot of Christians and almost every one of them gets mad at me because I don't believe what they believe. And boy, that really hit me. I thought, isn't that true? How many times am I trying to share with somebody and I get a little bit agitated because they're not believing the right thing? Well, God had kept me very calm that day. But it really made me think about how we need to be, how we need to react when people don't believe exactly what we believe. That we need to, we need to treat them still in a loving way and not respect, not respond in a negative way. So, God taught me more that day than than me uh, sharing with Dave with this with this guy. And uh, so I just ask you continue to pray for Dave because he's he's not a person, uh, not a believer. Uh, he's really looking. He One of the things he talked about a long time, he told me how many religions there were in the world. And he told me, I've studied 22 of these religions in depth. And when he was quoting these scriptures, he says, well, I've read the Bible five times clear through. And I mean, it's, it's not that he hasn't studied the Bible and it's not that he's not studying. He's searching, but he's, he's trying to do it on his own and he needs to rely on Christ to reveal himself to him. So we have a tool that I would like to uh, give you the option to use if, you know, you think about it, if you have people in your life that are asking you a question about Jesus, we have what's called the Gideon Bible app. You know, nowadays we do everything on our phones, right? Well, we've got an app where you can put your Bible, the Bible on the phone. It's, I think it's 1,600 different languages, so if you have somebody that speaks another language, there's 1,600 languages you choose from. Uh, it's got the helps in the front, just like our Bibles do. If you don't know what verse to go to when somebody's struggling with something, it's got the plan of salvation. It's got all the same tools that any testament has, and you can download it for free on your phone so that you've got it. And I've got cards I will give you after the service if you're interested in that, that you can have that for free and join join us in sharing God's word. Now, how many of us enjoy suffering in hard times? Have you ever thought about thought of suffering as a good thing? We often find that people who are suffering or at a low point in their life are often seeking the purpose of their life. That's where you come in. You provide the Bibles for this ministry. You know, as a farmer, everything, I always have to relate everything to farming, you know, and, uh, you know, as a farmer plants his crop, 
we place every seed in the ground by faith. We, by faith that it's going to grow. We trust God that when we put it in the ground that he's going to make it grow. Gideon's placed the, Bible, placed the Bible the same way as farmers plant their seed. We put each Bible out there by faith that God will use it in his time and it will produce fruit. People will come to know Christ through that Bible that's placed. You know, every minute we place about $200 worth of Bibles close to the same cost as a bag of seed corn. One bag of seed corn, it takes about one bag of seed corn to provide the funds for the Gideons to place Bibles every minute. As you leave today, there'll be a, a free will offering for those who want to provide Bibles for this ministry. Uh, most of all, though, I would ask that you would pray for these Bibles. As the man in the video said, he felt a force when he was making up his drug to pick that up and read it. God's word, prayer is a big part of giving out God's word. We see over and over how people, when they pick up God's word, they feel force. They, they feel people's prayers uh, and people distributing too. You don't know how many times we feel the prayers of people that are praying for us as we go out and give out God's word. So I would just encourage you most of all to pray for this ministry. And uh, if you'd be interested in being a part of this ministry, just uh, let me know and I will, we're, we've got a, um, a meeting on the 23rd here where we're going to invite new members. As I talked earlier about the importance of, head, of heart knowledge over head knowledge, I would like to share a testimony in closing that I think relays the message of heart knowledge very well. Dave Lacey was on an assignment in Nigeria. He felt the need to put two New Testaments in his pocket instead of the one that he normally put in. As he left the motel room, he met two security guards in the elevator and was able to share the gospel with them. Shula said he had become a Christian when he was 17, and Moses couldn't remember, but he thought he had become a Christian at some time. As he continued to talk with them and share verses from the New Testament, it soon became apparent that they had never really thought through their decision for Christ. As Dave felt the Holy Spirit moving, he led the men to Revelations 3.20, and they read it out loud together. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him, and he with me. At that time, he remembered that the men were security guards at the front gate of the hotel. So he asked them, where is the handle to the gate to enter into the hotel? Happy to, he was happy to hear their answer. It's on the inside. That is the way it is with, your, with our heart as well, he replied. Only you can open the gate and invite Jesus inside. With a, with, what a joy it was to pray with these two men as they opened their heart to Jesus and profess Christ as their Lord and Savior. We just ask you to, that you please continue to pray for this ministry and that you would pray for those who get a Bible in their hands and that they would accept Jesus as their Lord. Amen.
it's really slowed down our, in America, it's really slowed down. Uh, we've been pretty much very limited with COVID in America. Uh, foreign countries, I don't know that it's changed it quite as much as I've heard. I think they're, it's still, I haven't, I haven't heard, heard from foreign countries that it's been as limiting for other countries. Um, we're thankful just now, just in the last two months, we've had churches open up to letting us in again. Schools are starting to let us come in a little bit more. We're starting to get a little more, uh, uh, it's been a lot better here the last two months now. Uh, but for the last year, it's been very little going on. can make one comment on the motels so we all my life in the in the in the Gideons here we have never had struggles getting in motels motels have always been very welcome and very open but the last three to four years bigger motels in in uh, bigger cities in a way are getting a lot more reluctant to put them in the rooms so if you ever go and stay in a motel in a room and there's no Gideon Bible there go down to the office and say ask for a Gideon Bible because if they get enough requests for it, maybe they'll start putting them back in. They usually have some someplace that they can give you one, but we would just ask that you ask because if they know that people are using them, I think they'll, you know, they're going to more likely want to have them in the room. So that would be a help to us, I think. If I we get the feeling they're being pressured by some. Well, I mean, there's some owners that are not Christians that. Yeah, there's a certain amount of pressure to not put them in. Uh, and the statistics are on our side. The number of suicides and things that happen in motel rooms, if there's a Bible in the room, is way less than if there isn't one. Uh, but there's, we're definitely seeing more resistance to that. So that'd be one way I just... Yeah. What love could remember, no wrongs we had done. Omniscient, all-knowing, he counts not their sum. Thrown into a sea without bottom or shore. Our sins, they are many, his mercy is more. Praise the Stronger than dark. 
But patience would wait as we constantly roam. What Father so tender is calling us home? He welcomes the weakest, the vilest, the poor. Our sins, they are many, His mercy is more. Praise the Lord, His mercy is more. Since they are many, His mercy is more. Riches of kindness He lavished on us. His blood was the payment, His life was the cost. We stood neath a debt we could never afford. Our sins, they are many, His mercy is more. Praise the Lord, His mercy is more. Stronger than darkness, new every morn, our sins, sins they are many his mercy is more our sins they are many his mercy is more our sins are many his mercy is more one way that his mercy is shown is by you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his